0: What's up, everybody? We are here live in the basement of a bank, safe from the gunfire of West Baltimore, and we are completely fully stocked with Healthy Holly books. We're here reading all day, and we are off the crossbar. I am the coach, Pete Eibner. This is my main man and my co-host, the co-coach, Adam the Miz Mizell, and we are here to talk about Everything you need to know about Baltimore soccer. We are brought to you by Ideal Health Chiropractic, Dr. Adam Maddox, the best in the business. Let me tell you something, Ms. When I before I went to see him, I used to walk like that guy from uh, from, from the, the, the 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 alien movie where the alien gets inside him and he's all walking crazy, you know, and then and then Howard the Duck? Not Howard the Duck, the other one, the other alien movie. Uh, Men in Black? Men in Black, that's the one where the guy was walking like that down the street and waving to people. That's the way I used to walk two sessions with Dr. Adam. I'm fit as a fiddle. I love it. Doesn't do that neck thing. He does like all these little firing guns things and he's got these like massagers and acupuncture and acupressure. You leave out of there walking. You don't walk out of there. You float out of there. You literally glide out of there. So
1: you walked in at 49 years old and walked out at 15? That was, it was perfect. It
0: was, I couldn't drive anymore, but it was great.
1: I love to hear that.
0: So, we kick it off this week, as always, with the best part of the show, the mystery question of the day. It could be anything. It's a potpourri, whatever comes out of that magnificent brain of the Miz. It could be soccer. It could be football. It could be life. It could be rock music. It could be anything. What is the question of the day, Miz?
1: It's an important week here in Baltimore. There's a huge event this weekend. Any idea what that is?
0: Uh, Is it the Preakness? It
1: is the Preakness. The Preakness! The mystery question of the week. Let's just say Bob Baffert is removed and extracted from his normal post of being shown on TV every five minutes at the Preakness. Guy's got great hair, by the way. He does. Million Million dollar dollar hair. hair. Super jealous. We're going to insert Coach Pete Eigner, and we're going to give you a horse. Name that horse. In the field. In the field. Name your horse in the preakness.
0: Oh, name for me to name, if I had a horse that I was going to put in? Correct. I'm going one of two things. I'm going either, number one, bubblegum. Because mm. I'm always sticking to the rail, baby. I'm always taking that inside track. I could also go with my favorite horse name of all time, hoof
1: I like it. Hoof farted coming out of the stretch. And here they go. Down around the corner. Hoof farted leaving the blind. Makes for a smelly run, but I
0: like it. That is my favorite horse name of all time. Hoof hardened.
1: I'd hate to be in second place behind Hoof Harden.
0: Oh, it's a tough run. It's a tough run. And you would hate to be the last place horse toilet paper. He's always wiping up the rear. (laughs) Jumping in to a great week of Baltimore soccer. Looking at last weekend, we had Baltimore's team... Baltimore FC Christos taking on Virginia Beach at Essex, CCBC Essex. I forgot they changed the name. All right, so what we had is a game where the weather, little shaky. It's as if they moved the game to Seattle, Coach. What would you think of that?
1: It makes for an awful hair day. Awful hair day, except for me because I'm set. You get the humidity going, the white rain doesn't work out. It's just, it's disaster. Um, FC Baltimore brings something to our area that you know we we haven't had in a while which is a, a semi-pro professional team um, it's important that you know even though like it's it's very difficult to fit it into your schedule as a parent or a player in the area that we get out and support this team and these kids. no question uh, it's it's crucial to that I mean I, you hear screams all the time of You know, is Baltimore going to get a professional MLS team? Well, the only way to do that is to crawl before you walk, and like things where you have a team like this, it's important to get behind and support them. Well,
0: what was encouraging is, even with the bad weather, Baltimore draws a good crowd. They take on Virginia Beach. Virginia scores in the first 20 seconds of the game. It happened so fast, they didn't even have the cameras working at that point.
1: It's it's really stinks to come out and give up a goal in the first few seconds of the match. It sets uh, it deflates the team, sets the tone of you know now you're you're basically playing minus one handicap, um, and now you've got to dig out of that hole.
0: And Virginia Beach, to their credit, first half controlled most most of the the tempo. I would think. Yeah, I think you agree the same way. However, Baltimore had a couple chances. They did. All right, they are they are calling them the runes. Had a couple chances. Most notably, Dangler got a ball out to Colin Wyatt from UMBC, who took it, took it about 15 yards out. Had a perfect left-footed serve to Nikki Gums, who finished it.
1: But he was offside, apparently, according to the AR. I mean, it's a, tough, it's a tough call to be. You know, you can't argue unless you're in his position and you see when the ball's played and where the run is. But uh, call back for offside.
0: That was a tough one. It was a beautiful setup, beautiful play connected, I don't know if he was off, but I'm not getting paid to officiate the game. I'm getting paid to cheer. So Officials goes, are
1: the highest-paid guys out there. They, we assume they get it right.
0: That is a Frank Azero quote. That is. So here we go to halftime, down one nothing. The rains come in. <laughs> Torrential, Gilligan's Island-like downpour. The guys are playing in it. Baltimore starts taking charge a little bit. They start controlling the game. Maybe Virginia Beach parks the yacht in front of the goal a little bit, and and it all starts to fall apart for them. Tell us about the second half.
1: I think the, the the slippery conditions. I think FC Baltimore was more adaptable to it, and they adjusted to their you know to, to their their style of play much faster than Virginia. It looked like they had a little trouble with the slippery ball and. And the touch and, and those sort of things, but uh, FC Baltimore was able to get into the flow a little bit. You could see them knocking and starting to kind of break things down for FC Virginia, and um, you felt like you know a matter a matter of time it's going to happen for them. They well, just had to keep
0: going though. And and I tell you what, I thought it was I thought it was a really good second half. I thought uh, Coach Larry Sankum did some things tactically that I think really paid dividends. One of them showed in showed up in the goal in the 83rd minute. We have Trey Pulliam with a great serve, left-footed, on the money to Nikki Gums. Tell us about it.
1: Big diagonal ball across the field to the corner flag into a slightly diagonal run. Uh, gets behind the back of the defender. Uh, the defender's doing his job by keeping himself between the ball and the, and, and the attacker being out wide, but... Um, you got to know that that guy's there and you got to kind of anticipate that ball being swung in. Having said that, fantastic, world class service. A
0: great serve and a beautiful first touch by Gums, the periodontist.
1: He's in. He, he takes his baking soda and finishes the ball.
0: Finishes the ball. And by the way, Nikki Gums, what a great name for a soccer player. It, if you have the name Nikki Gums, you're either going to be a soccer player or you're joining the mob. I believe that. because It would be great if FC Baltimore had all guys like, you know, like uh, the guy on the outside, Joey Crosses, serves into Nikki Guns.
1: And then they eat Italian cold cuts at halftime. And that's it's brilliant.
0: Give the ball to Jimmy Meggs. Gets through everybody on Megs. That would be great.
1: And he's betting on the game, by the way.
0: Find the one odds that I'm not going to win this bet. That would be great. Anyway, that's what I'm saying. Beautiful finish. And they end up taking a 1-1 draw. A great... Great weekend overall. I thought they were the better team after the first half. I mean, the first fifteen minutes, especially, um, didn't get the breaks, but but a good comeback. And especially, you had to play the last couple minutes, a man down, as uh, Joe Gloss got two yellows, and they gave him the old heave
1: They did. They threw him out, and um, you know that really stinks to try to you know you're fighting to get those last. Few few uh, points that you're, you're leaving on there. You got one point with a draw, and you're leaving those extra two there. But uh, not a bad start for them by any means. It's early in the season to come out and get a you know 1-1 one, one draw at home. You like to get a win to, to kick things off right, but a draw doesn't hurt you, and you can build from there.
0: And this weekend,
1: we'll post it right up
0: here. FC Baltimore Christos is playing the Maryland Major Team Christos, the legendary Maryland Major Team Christos, a team that's probably as good as you're going to find at the amateur level. So it should be a great game. Here are the details. We ask that you all come out and support both squads uh, as they are. They are representing
1: Baltimore soccer
0: as best as can be.
1: If you can get out, there's no better way to spend a Friday night going out and watching quality soccer, and that's what you're going to see in this match, no doubt.
0: Amen to that. Welcome back to Off the Crossbar. Again, I am the coach, Pete Eibner. This is my co-coach, Adam the Miz Mizell. We're both very active in Baltimore's youth soccer community, and uh, we're talking about a little thing today uh, about the sports marketing of certain clubs, of a lot of clubs, uh, and, and how it intertwines with how things are packaged. Um, different levels in, in uh, youth soccer: you have the Development Academy, which uh, theoretically, not necessarily all the time, but theoretically it's supposed to be the highest level, then going down to USYSA. But I've noticed a trend where a lot of these USYSA teams are taking their top teams, and instead of letting them be their top teams, they call them the pre-academy, which is fine if you are dealing with under 13, under 12, because pre the prefix means previous to or before. So these are kids that are designated to be at your highest level that will go to the Development Academy at some point, hopefully. When you're 16, is that a pre academy?
1: Um, I would say that by that point, the player, you know, and there's always the anomaly kid who is a late bloomer, so forth and so on, but typically you know whether that kid is an academy level player. Um, so I feel like at that point, it's probably, you know, not the best title to apply to a team of, of you know, of that level. Um, they should be in the academy by then. If, if the academy's goal is to develop players and, and build to either sell them or whatever they're going to do with them, keep them in their, you know, MLS grouping, if you will, uh, then they should be able to grab those kids at 13, 14 years old and build from there. Uh, again, there's always you know the, the outsider where he comes in from somewhere else and maybe just came new to the area or uh, was a late bloomer in the game or a kid who just kept working hard and just eventually blossomed into a great player at that level at that age. But more often than not, if you're not in the academy system by 13, 14, it, it, you know, pinning the academy titles on teams by then for me is useless.
0: I, I just think it's a way to sell parents on coming to the club, pre-academy. Zach Flores had an interesting uh, interesting Facebook post. Are tryouts really for the kids? Are they for the parents? And I'm gonna say clubs posture themselves and position themselves, not for the kids, but for the parents, and that pre-academy thing is a selling point, because I'll be honest with you, at 15, 16, 17, 18, you're pre-academy, you know what the pre means? It means not academy. They should just say, not academy teams. <laughs> and by the way, if you have a pre-academy, you should also have an academy affiliation with your club. Not one of these where there's seven clubs affiliated with one academy that uh, theoretically push players, but they never push players. You should have it. Philadelphia Union, D.C. United. You should have a pre-academy and an academy.
1: Um, up until what age, though?
0: Oh, I think you should have pre-academy, going up and you should have an academy second team, which you can call pre-academy at any age group.
1: So the pre-academy teams, if I'm on a pre-academy team, my thought is, hey, if I work hard enough, eventually I'm gonna become an academy player.
0: Right, that's, that's the thought. But what is the, what is, I would love to see the numbers of how many pre-academy players make an academy team. The other thing is, I, I, just, I just think it's misleading because some of these kids you know aren't gonna make that level. You shouldn't be advertising it as pre-academy. Just say what it is. This is the top USYSA team our club has to offer, and, and stop marketing. Everything can't be about the marketing. Some of it has to be just about the game. And and like seriously, if you're going to have your if you're going to have your uh, 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 heart worked on by a doctor, do you want a doctor or do you want a pre-med student?
1: Um, I'll take a surgeon. Yes,
0: there you go. You want the surgeon. You don't want the guy with the pre. The pre means they're working up to it. And I don't know that your 16 players are working up to it.
1: In fairness, uh, the marketing to the parents is, is the right way to go, only because the parents are the ones who are driving Sarah and Joey to the field. So if the parents feel like they're getting a return on that investment of the time sacrifice, the financial obligations, then it kind of makes sense to them. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's got to be the best situation for the player, whether you know, the parent knows that or not. And some parents just don't know sports and they don't know.
0: Agreed. But what if you had Joe's Soccer Club, has no affiliation to an academy, and you call your top team at U15 pre-academy?
1: So the assumption is, at some point, those guys are going to play academy or try out for an academy or be included in an academy team. Right,
0: and that's not what's going to happen at Joe's Soccer Club. <laughs> I have yet to see a
1: soccer club, by the way,
0: actively give over their top players to an academy team. I've, I've, ha- I've made phone calls personally for kids to go academy from my club, but I have yet to see any sign of someone helping out, say, for example, Baltimore Armor within some of those other clubs affiliated with them?
1: Well, the other fly in that ointment is if that's the the track you're on, then at some point you're going to have to decide between high school and academy club soccer, which is now a 10-month schedule. So, yeah, I mean, it's a tough decision to make, um, and depending on the situation, and there are millions... Um, it's a, it's just a really difficult, sticky decision to make at such a young age, whether to not play high school and, and to play academy. If the, if you're on a pre-academy team and then eventually you evolve into an academy player.
0: So are you for the pre-academy moniker on club teams?
1: Uh, depends on the situation for me. Okay.
0: I'm going to say this, I'm going to leave it with this. What's the difference between a pre-med student and a pre-academy student?
1: Uh, one's going to make a lot of money, and one is not guaranteed. One is always one injury away from making zero money.
0: <laughs> one of them's not making the academy. All right, <laughs> there you go. Someday, someday a pre med student might get to be a doctor. That's my take. I'm
1: sticking to it. That's what we do here, apparently. We stick to it. At Off the Crossbar. Welcome back to Off the Crossbar. I am co coach Adam and Ms. Miz Mizell. This is coach Pete Eibner. Uh, our next segment, we're going to spend some time and expand globally outside the Baltimore market and talk a little bit more international. Um, there was an interesting announcement this week from Megan Rapino from the women's national team. Uh, she already was under a little bit of protest about the national anthem stuff and does not stand for it. Uh, now she's announced that she will never sing it again. Uh, what do you, where do you stand on that, Coach?
0: To be honest, I could care less if she sings. I really don't. Um, uh, she is a professional soccer player. Now, if you told me Darius Rucker wasn't going to sing anymore, I'd be heartbroken that guy's got a great voice. He's Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish. Did you know that? Absolutely. But honestly,
1: uh, when he, once he went country, I'm out. Yeah. Well, they, I think that was a
0: great move for him. Really? He's Wagon Wheel, but that's not what we're talking about. This isn't the Darius Rucker segment.
1: I have a question for you. <laughs> if Megan Rapinoe were to sing the national anthem, would it be better than Roseanne Barr's version?
0: I don't know. I've never heard her sing, but it can't be worse. If you remember, Roseanne Barr was screeching, screaming. I think at one point she grabbed her crotch. She did. And I think she also spat on the baseball field.
1: I think she did, too.
0: Class act. But um, I will say this. I could care less what Megan Rapinoe does. Um, I I will say that if you are representing the United States, you are representing the United States of America in a game. Um, whether you like what's going on politically, socially, uh, whether economically, whatever, whether you agree with what the military's doing, that's not your position. You're given this opportunity to represent your country, you should honor the country that you represent. Now, you have the freedom to do whatever you want, I think it's in poor taste to use that venue to do it. By the way, Good luck doing that if you are on, let's say, the Russian national team. Good luck. Good luck doing that if you're on, let's say, the Saudi Arabian national team.
1: Good luck with that. Do you think she protests taking her check to the bank and cashing it that says United States Women's National Team? That
0: is an interesting, interesting, interesting question. And I, uh, I got to say, I bet there's not a check that doesn't get cashed.
1: Do you think she abuses this bank?
0: <laughs> it would be great.
1: Wouldn't it? it? Could you imagine walking out of the basement of the bank and seeing Megan mm-hmm. rep- I would immediately start singing the National Anthem.
0: I wonder if she'd join in.
1: I doubt it. No. She's under protest. She's under protest.
0: But I, I just think, if you are a professional athlete, you have a right to your opinion, obviously. But I don't think you should bring it in to your workplace. And that is your workplace. If, if I go and take my political views and put them, interject them into my work, ah, that's probably not the place for it. My boss could say, hey, heave ho. You know, two yellow cards, you're gone. However, I, uh, I, I don't think that's the place for it. I have my views,
1: and, uh, and, uh, but I, I hope
0: I always represent my country well, for sure.
1: Let me ask you this. There are professional teams like currently in the United States that have rules in place about the national anthem. Players must stand, players must honor it, uh, so forth and so on. They don't have to agree with it. They don't have to like it or enjoy it, celebrate it or whatever, but they do have to stand for it. They have to be present during it. Um, and, and now the NFL has just, has just changed their rules about it. Uh, so we're at, a, we're at a time in society where you know, now we've got to go back and, and pull out the jeweler's loop and look at our rules about the national anthem. Uh, should there be rules in place for teams that represent the country?
0: I, my personal opinion, absolutely, because you are representing the United States of America. And whether you like certain things or dislike them, you've got to love our country. Our country is the best in the world, always has been, hopefully always will be, and, and you should respect that. And there are people who have died to protect the right for you to have your opinion and to speak it publicly. I don't think in a professional forum, that is the place. If you want to go outside and say, I disagree with this, that, or the other, hey, Godspeed, go with you, and maybe I agree with you, maybe I don't.
1: But in that setting, I think it's in poor taste. My feeling is that we live in a free country, which is brilliant, um, and you have those rights to not stand and not sing and not do anything you don't want to do because of the way our country is, because of the democracy we're in. So that should give you more incentive to celebrate the system that we have and that you have the right not to participate if you don't want to. So that's, that's where I sit on it.
0: Well, I, I, I think that if you choose to do it, if you choose to do something publicly that undermines what the country stands for, uh, we don't need you. You know, honestly, she could be a great soccer player, but to be honest with you, as a fan, as a consumer, I would prefer to watch someone uh, that, that is happy to be there and, and in love with the country, or at least has the respect. Hey, look, and you can do everything, anything you want. You have that freedom, but along with that freedom, hate to quote Spider-Man, comes responsibility. And I think it's, you should have the responsibility to know when to exercise your freedom like that.
1: Can I call you Coach Uncle Ben? You
0: can call me Coach Uncle Ben, but I would prefer much more, I'm a more Peter Parker kind of guy, I'm still spry.
1: Peter Eidner Parker, got it.
0: Can do it. And now, people, it is time for the Ideal Health Chiropractic, Patrick Swayze, Player of the Week, because if you want the ultimate, Tell them, coach
1: you got to be willing to pay the ultimate price. This is my second favorite part of the show, by the way. First
0: of all, I love this part of the show because we celebrate the greatness of Patrick Swayze's mullet. And it could be any type of mullet. It could be his, his roadhouse mullet. It could be Point Break mullet. It could be Dirty Dancing mullet. King of the mullets. Would you agree?
1: Uh, I love every single strand of of lock that he has.
0: I I, I, I will forever honor that. I miss the days. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace, but may that mullet live on forever. So tell us, Coach.
1: This week, uh, we're gonna go FC Baltimore Christos, Nick Gums.
0: Nicky Gums. Hey, what's up, Nicky Gums? You scored the goal. You coulda had two, but you was off sides on one of them. I tell you what, if I was you, I ain't saying that I am, but I would send some people over there to have a little conversation with the A.R., maybe with some two-by-fours and a hammer next time, Nicky Gums.
1: Nicky Gums getting it done. And, uh, and uh, on top of that, you know, he, he played well all night, went to full 90.
0: Went to full 90 and,
1: and uh,
0: carried the team offensively, I thought. I thought he was dangerous. Um, had the best scoring opportunities of the game for FC Baltimore. Um, the, uh, the, the, the keeper from Virginia Beach robbed him of the one.
1: Great performance, no doubt.
0: All right, so Nikki Gums, UMBC guy by the way, Nicky Gums from UMBC, you are our Patrick Swayze Player of the Week. Look at him, look at him. Does he look happy or what? That's great. That is just, that is perfection. Perfection.
1: Coach, what do we have coming up in the future here at Off the Crossbar?
0: All right, so next week we are going to be interviewing... One of the Baltimore Blast legends. A guy, not only was he a tremendous player, set the world on fire by turning a shoe that wasn't made for soccer into a soccer shoe.
1: It's still a highly coveted shoe, high-in-demand shoe. Uh, People are looking for it left and right on eBay, anywhere they can get their hands on it. They're trying to get a pair of those. I have a pair. I will be wearing them next week, no doubt, no doubt.
0: We also have... Updates on uh, the FC Baltimore-Christos game. We are also going to be talking about youth soccer as usual. And we will definitely have a mystery question of the week.
1: Also, the State Cup is starting to wrap up. State, State Cup is, yeah.
0: So, here we go. Signing off from the basement of the bank with the co-coach, Adam the Miz Mizell.
1: Who's off to make a withdrawal.
0: I am the coach, Pete Eibner. We are off the crossbar. May all your shots, find upper 90, not hit that.